Met a ghost of a king on the road when I first fell. Fire burning to my knees, to my knees I fell. Met a ghost of a king on the road. Here we are. How many sassafrases have we missed? Well, we missed one last week. We did one in the new year. We're, we're on a two per month schedule. Right <laughs> the first one was your fault. The second one was my fault. The nature of the basketball schedule. Right. Uh, and, and, and basketball season is not yet over. Uh, we just played game 19 last night. Oh, wow. One more regular season game on Friday and then districts. Then we're in the postseason. So we're okay. down the home stretch. How's it looking? How's it looking? I think the people are wanting to know. People want to know. Um, it's better than last year. <laughs> it's. I never ever would have guessed that basketball, high school basketball, would be the place where the clash of worldviews would play out. And I should have. Oh, kno- I, mean, I should have known, but not even our sports are sacred, is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. It's weird, but Moscow has been like a canary in the mine microcosm of the national situation for a long time. Yeah. Like we've just gotten there first, cancel culture first, other things like we get there pretty quickly. This year has been insane in terms of drama, complaints, like adjudications, accusations, slander, all sorts of, all sorts of stuff. So you know, as I've said many, many times, sports are a uh, creek, my microphone creek. Uh, many times this, the whole point is we're preparing these boys for life and we absolutely are. And we're preparing them for pretty intensely difficult life actually right now. <laughs> so they're in a, a situation life of being where lied about a life of okay. oh, being, shit, oh, you know, it is you. It's not me. me. I, I apologize wrongly. I withdraw my apology. It's Brian <laughs> creaking, crinkling. Them um, yeah, it's been insane so yeah there they'll we be- had a kid accused of sexual assault on a basketball court what um yeah they called the cops one of our players uh if i slow the you know i, I get into the footage look at the frame count and two boys like fighting for a rebound mm-hmm. um he his hand may or may not have hit somebody else in the groin which is incidentally something that just happens mm-hmm. in basketball boxing out everything else right. But if it did happen, we don't even, but if it did, it happened for two tenths of a second, which is about as much time as it takes you to uh, tap, start and stop on your iPhone stopwatch. Right. But they made it an accusation of molestation. Oh, no. Um, And so called the cops. There's an active police investigation on one of my, one of my players right now. Like on that, for that. Right, right. Right. and it's just farcical. So then we go to the next gym and all the fans are yelling and hooting and hollering and gesturing obscenely. And, mm-hmm. you know, all that's, all that's happening. Uh, and then in the line, you know, we've, we've got accusations about things guys are saying in the line of the handshake. I've had to mic up players. I've got three cameras covering them all the time. I've brought my whole production company forces, our lenses and cameras and mics to bear just to protect my guys. Oh, man. So I have almost total audio and video coverage of every game because of the nature of uh, just false accusations and slander these days so that we can just play basketball and not think about it. And then the accusations after the fact uh, can, you know, kick in. Yeah. So it's, it's weird. I mean, it's I actually think it's going well. We have a hearing today. Um, we are currently 12 and seven. Um, 
or going towards districts. It's funny, like there's, there's a lot of players on the court where it's just respect and the game and the battle and everything else and you leave. But then for so many of the parents, for so many of the people who aren't on the court, it's this clash of worldviews and we're a Christian school and we didn't shut down for COVID and we're, we represent something that's completely other. We're this non-woke um, and rich school. Like objectively, we're not a rich school. We're a poor school, but compared to a lot of the places we play, we are. Okay. And we're rich in, in all the things that oh, matter. Yeah. Population Intact families. Well. Yeah. I don't have a single player. Like I'm scrolling in my head. I do not have a single player who does not have an intact family. Yeah. Not which one. Is, which is not national average. No. By, by so of my, of my 17 guys through yeah. my varsity and JV squads, yeah. every single one is, you know, has his dad. Every single well, one. Praise God for that. Huh? It's amazing. But the, when you walk into gyms and you don't look miserable and you got, your guys don't look like they've been stuck in the basement, um, you know, it's like just sad of on online or video gaming too much or anything. When you show up and you've got intact families and kids who stand up straight and they don't have blue hair and yeah, you know, like all that kind of stuff. We go to some, we play, played a team last night and it's, you know, everybody was scrappy and intense and, and great. It was a good game, tough game. Well, actually it was a total mud fight. It was an ugly game, but it was a <laughs> gutsy game and we got the win. But there's times you walk into a gym like that. It doesn't feel very different. We had another game over the weekend. Walk in the gym. It doesn't feel very different. It feels like, yeah, these are my guys. These are, these are mm. our people. These are Idahoans. Yeah. yeah. And so tons and tons and tons of our games just feels like we're just playing other Idahoans. We're Idahoans. They're Idahoans. We all have the kind of the same sensibilities. Right. But then there's these other cl- times where it's just a clash, wow. a massive clash. Yeah. And it comes with usually parents with an ax to grind with a political agenda. Yeah. Who hate the church, who hate the community. And then they try to find anything. They're trying to find anything in these kids or in the game that they can use. And so I've been, you know, my wife has been yelled at in the parking lot after a game of, you know, it's like, it's, so you think of Hoosiers and you think of the, the intensity of what goes on in those little small town gyms and how fired up it is. Yeah. Kind of take that. You can water it down a little, you know, it's not as. Because we're not in Indiana. We're not in Indiana, (laughs) but. We've, we've been in these places where it's absolutely jam-packed and everybody's looking for any advantage they can get in your head, you know, or whatever. And then there's rage after the fact if you beat right. them. And right. So you're more competitive this year too. Yeah. No, right. I, so, I actually so think if we were losing to everybody, none of, none, none of this would happen. Yeah. Um, we're yeah. an actual threat. Like yeah. we, are, we are a legit threat of, of 1A schools. We put the highest point total on the number one team in the state of anybody else. We've done it twice. We lost both games. Mm-hmm. Um, but my guys aren't scared <laughs> and we go and we, yeah. we go hard. So it is, it's really interesting to me because I don't want to paint it like every single school we yeah, walk into. Right. We look like this old way of being and they don't because there've been some ones that we've, we've stepped into where I feel in a, a real affinity. It's a, an easy affinity for what they're doing and who they are. Yeah. And there's others where it's like, Oh man, we're, we're in a different planet. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Of sadness, of meth, of broken homes. Right. And then of this weird woke meth too, you know, of this social rot and social decay. So it's, it's super interesting. And I knew that coaching was going to be like being a youth pastor. I've enjoyed every minute of it, but it has been such drama. I remember, I remember Cannon asked me if I was willing to have a, a follow doc at the beginning of the season. We said, can we follow you And I can tell you, 
in all honesty, it would have been amazing. Would have been it would have been a phenomenal show. And I'm so glad we didn't because these guys, <laughs> these guys need to be able to grow up and rise up off a camera. They yeah. need to have it inside the band of brothers, not in front of thousands of people. But it would have made amazing TV. <laughs> like I would just tell you, from game one to game nineteen, amazing. TV. The producer part and, of me was like, uh, oh, we don't even need to do any work and this would work. <laughs> <laughs> like, all you have to do is come, which doesn't. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, but it's, it would have been wrong to do to my guys. No, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you but, think about uh, all of the other high schools where the kids are live streaming their own lives all the time yep. and how atrocious and terrible that yeah. is. And I get why you were like, why would yeah. I do that? And I've talked about before when I taught rhetoric at NSA, I wouldn't allow any cameras of any kind. Yeah. Because you have to be able to crash and burn and walk away from it. Yeah. You got to be able to walk away from it and build and grow and not get a tattoo of the moment. Right. If you're, you know? if your crash and burn ends up on fail army or whatever, that's. Yeah. It should be voluntary. <laughs> yeah. This should be voluntary. <laughs> so it's, it's actually, I've really enjoyed the season. It's been a battle. And as far as our goals go, we're sitting right where we, you know, they're within reach. They are incredibly difficult. So. The nature of what is what is the goal? Can the goal is to go to state. The goes the goal oh, is right. to go compete. Okay, so out, of, out of our out of our district, there's only two births. Yikes! Two births um, out of our district, two state. Out of our district are four of the top five teams. And that's two A. Is that two A? One A. One A. One A Division One. Yeah. Four of the top five teams in the state are in the top five. Uh, yeah. Four out of five. Okay. Um, and the other one's just north of here, the defending state champions. So we have two birds and four of the top five teams. Right. So, so the this, district so districts is the tournament. And we're in there. We're in yep. the mix. We're probably, uh, we might've just slipped to six or so, but we're fifth or sixth mm -hmm. and we're right there. And we split with the other team. We lost one and, and, and won one against the team that at this moment is probably third in state. We okay. went into overtime with the team that's second in state. Um, yeah. and it's, we're just right there. And so unfortunately some really, really good teams are going to be left out. That's the nature of it. So we'll send two and our goal is to be one of those two, but that's always been an incredibly ambitious reach for yeah. us. Yeah. So anyway, it's been good. It's been busy and it has <laughs> prevented my podcasting a little bit. It slowed me down. I could talk all day about the season and well, every I, single game, but I'm not going to. Right. Right. Well, I was curious about how, how. I think it's helpful to hear how do you pep talk somebody who's getting like lied a about? yeah getting lied about and then also get them to play basketball because I know I know so much of that is I like, failed hey, at focus. it I failed at it once <laughs> there was one that we really laid an egg one of our losses and I'm just like ah, I totally pooched how I handled that up front yeah um, it changes yeah it changes uh, so last night and incidentally we're coming off of the most grueling nightmarish schedule this is the worst stretch of our schedule so uh we played friday at home mm. and then we played away saturday and that that away was almost two hour drive like an hour and 40 minute away um on saturday burned the whole day for the guys so in terms of homework or anything else so they go we got back in time for the sabbath they rested sunday no practice uh monday we're away and it was uh, about two hours away, the other direction. Mm. And 
uh, we went down and came back and Tuesday away, same direction, almost as far, 10 minutes closer down and back. But we did four games. We played Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, three of which were really, really away games. And then now we have two practices and away again, Mm. another hour and a half drive. (laughs) And so we will have had five games in eight days. That's a tough schedule. And last night we looked so exhausted. Yeah. And it was, it was really funny. Actually, we shot worse than we've shot all season. Our legs were gone and it had to just, it was just a game of guts. Like who was willing to keep crawling through the mud for longer. (laughs) And so, and your team was, and we were, we just, we just crawled through it. I've never, I've never seen a shooting performance that bad Mm. and not just from us, from them too. So I will, I'll say this, they're a running team. They love to run and push tempo. And most people try to slow them down and try to resist that and fight that. And we just leaned in and ran mm-hmm. back at them. And so they, you could see their fatigue in their quarter scores where they scored 16 in the first quarter. And we had 15. Um, they scored nine in the second quarter. It's like just that drop off. And then we had halftime. They got to rest. Third quarter, they scored 16. Fourth quarter, we held them to one. <laughs> oh my goodness! So one one point, it was just that's an ugly, it an was ugly, ugly eight minutes of basketball. It was disgusting. <laughs> we uh, we beat them forty nine to forty two, and it might have been. It was definitely our lowest point total. We averaged about sixty two a game. Yeah, and it was our lowest point total uh, in a win, right? This year, yeah. So. Anyway, I could talk about this. I know everybody doesn't just want to hear us talk basketball, but I well, could talk. We were, we were going to talk. We were going to talk comedy instead, but I don't know. I feel like dealing, teaching kids. You know, how do you help them get that perspective on uh, God is the one who sees what's right and what's wrong, and yet these people are still trying to come for you as a high schooler. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. I mean, back when it I really was in is. high school, was the first time that I remember seeing girls playing on the other team and us having to. You know, figure out what we're going to do. Yeah, and, just yeah, say like, clash hey, of worldviews. Yeah, and stuff. we're not we're not playing. But that happened really rarely, and the entire rest of the school was not the, of the other school was not on the side of. Yeah, they were just kind of watching to see what would happen. Yeah. Now it feels like over the past fifteen years, it's flipped, and you have an entire school being like, "What's a your big problem? theme?" A big theme this year is I've been hammering away of don't ever expect Babylon to be fair to you. It just mm-hmm. don't. Just don't. Right. Um, so there's, you don't want your guys getting frustrated. No, I don't want them complaining about refs. I don't want them like, like if the refs don't blow the whistles for you, like, what do you expect? Yeah. Like what, why would they, um, you know, and actually incidentally we've, um, that's not been anywhere near an issue as big an issue this year as it has been in previous years, but, but the higher level refs and adjudicators has, has been a bigger issue, but gotcha. Yeah, it's and so we we started. I I my first year coaching last year. I knew I, had, I was in a rebuild, and I had a bunch of young kids. And so I went with Proverbs twenty four sixteen, which is a righteous man falls seven times and rises again. And this is what we're, we're this is what we're doing. We're going to keep on making mistakes, and we're going to keep on rising up. Like that's that's what we're doing. Um, this year it was glory in the suffering, Romans five, and there's glory in the suffering. Nothing worth doing was ever easy. Mm-hmm. And the more hardship and the more suffering that comes at you, the bigger the glory is on the other side. Yeah. Um, and the suffering, as the book of Romans teaches us, gives you endurance. 
like trials and tribulations and suffering gives you endurance. And so I use that when I am the suffering, like <laughs> when I'm the one in practice and I'm imposing the suffering of conditioning, like this is like, this is this valley we're going through and this prepares you. It gives you endurance for what's ahead. But I use that when things don't go our way. I use that when we get a tough loss. Even if we get an apology from the refs afterwards saying, hey, sorry, that was our fault. It doesn't matter. It's still on, it's still on our books as a loss. Right. We have to just own it. Like we have to just assume the responsibility for it and, and march on glory in the suffering. Um, and right. it's really important to realize that suffering is not glory. Like just being, you know, pounded, slaughtered, beat up. The suffering is not the glory. Glory comes from passing through the suffering. Yeah. Uh, there was no glory in Christ having died. Yeah. That, that was the curse. That was the suffering. The glory comes in having come out the other side. The glory is in Easter. And the, the perseverance produces the, the, uh, the faith, if I'm remembering the James. Is that James? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, and so the, but the darkness, the hardship, the suffering, the trial, the pain, the agony, all of that amplifies the glory on the other side of it. You know, so if you were like, man, I had a 20 win season against third grade girls. It's like, okay, is there, is there glory there? Playing in the toughest league in the state by a mile. It is, it is the toughest league in the state. Playing through false accusations, playing through slander, playing against phenomenal athletes. We actually, the number one scorer in the nation for a long stretch this year is in our league. You know, it's, yeah, you know. That like playing in that context, playing in these conditions against these obstacles, the bigger the obstacles, the darker the darkness, you know, the more you're up against better athletes, you know, blue ribbon programs and false accusations, the more glory there is on the other side. And so that's, that's what we're going for. I mean, my guys, I was so proud of them last night. I mean, it was skill wise, one of the ugliest games I've seen. And I was incredibly proud of them because it was just keep crawling. Like, yeah. Just keep yeah. crawling through the mud. Do not like, do not let it get you down. Keep on going. So I was thrilled by them last night and their performance. And we've got practice tonight. Pretty easy practice tomorrow. Pretty easy. And then our last league game, wow. uh, which will not be easy. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, pretty, pretty funny. There it is. Basketball. Yeah. And so each, each thing brings its own drama. Some of which I can't talk about some of which I probably could, but I don't want to just in case. Um, right. But it's, it's been such a fruitful season for yeah. the guys in terms of what, the, why the sport exists and why we offer the program and why we do it mm -hmm. in terms of investing in them as men, it's been extremely fruitful. Yeah. I mean, Jesus is pretty clear about being lied about and, you don't often get to experience experience that as a high schooler, you know. It's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm being this is weird. Yeah. I'm not a public figure. Why are they right? Why do they care about me? Yeah. I I had a kid talk to me last night too, because after one of our bad games in this in this four game stretch, we were two and two of the really intense back to back to back to back games. And uh we were two and two. And one of those losses was just kind of a um collapse of will but a collapse of mind in fatigue and we played the next day which was last night which is i was really really glad that we like we you got we, out of the hole we yeah. got out of it we rose up yeah. and uh, it was great but afterwards i told some of the guys it's like you realize that playing like that is actually a sin 
and you need to confess it. Like that, and that's something we don't like to yeah. talk about. Now, if you miss a shot, like whatever. But if you show up with more advantages, with God having given you everything he's given you, and then you put in less effort, and you do not honor God with your, with your effort. You don't rise up through the fatigue. You don't rise up through the obstacles. And afterwards, you brought no honor to God. You actually just were a poor steward of all your gifts, a poor <laughs> steward of your opportunities. I, I'll just speak for everyone. I don't think we're used to talking about high school sports in that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're just a poor steward of the, of the moment, a poor yeah. steward of your body, a poor steward of your mind, mm. and a, a poor steward of even the obstacles that were presented to you. You didn't get a return. So at the end of that game, what do you have to offer God after that? He gave you all those opportunities. What do you have to offer back? And you just disappeared or whisked out or, you know, just tuned out. Um, it's not, it's not neutral. Yeah. It's, not, well, it's I, like, it's not a neutral moment. You honor God or you don't honor God. And to fail to honor God is not just okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, you're right. The thing that immediately came to mind is Cain and Abel and the offering. You know, I think what you're saying is when you bring, you can bring an offering of the fattest and the best of your flock, or you can bring some of your produce, which is what Cain yeah. brought. And uh, yeah. the sum of the produce that you brought is not the same thing as the fat of your flock. I jumped into Romans 12 and talked about offering your bodies as living sacrifices. And, yeah, you know, and, and we, we talked about all that. And with that game, we just didn't. Mm. We didn't. And... So I had one kid just saying, I don't understand. You know, afterwards, it was a great conversation. He came to me, which is great. It's mm -hmm. like, I, I don't understand what the, what's the sin though? Like what sin is it? I have a yeah. checklist. Then um, so I, we talked about honoring God, dishonoring God, stewarding your moments, getting a return on, on the opportunities God gives you. And that's really strange because that's not something I had said before, after previous losses, you know. We went and we lost to the number one team, 93 to 74. Yeah. So a I didn't say that after that. A big beat down. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, so we lost by 19. Um, but it was, that's not the issue. The issue was not anything to do with character or moral failing. You know, it had nothing to do with that. Right. Um, so it's, it's not like, oh, losing is a sin. Of course it's not. Um, sometimes it is. <laughs> when you've been given the win in advance, you've been given the materials. <laughs> And the opportunity to get the win and you squandered them. Mm -hmm. The Seahawks. <laughs> yeah. Then you have, then you have an issue. Anyway, it was, it's great conversation and it's not how most people think about sports. No, it isn't. It's not how most people think about business opportunities. It's, it's actually not, life. Yeah. Yeah. And when I want, start, everybody should, there yeah. are guys who are too conservative. They're looking at a business opportunity and they're like, ah, just, mm. yeah. And they hold, they have the resources to do something. They pull back and they let it go. Is that, a, is that a neutral moment when yeah. God has given you the opportunity and the wherewithal to seize it and you fail to seize it? That is culpable. Yeah. It's culpable and there's sin to confess. And there's other guys who are reckless and entitled and they, you know, they rush into things. Yeah. Color me one of those. <laughs> and unfortunately, wisdom comes in discerning, which is <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've, <laughs> I find myself, sometimes there's situations, even, even down to youth sports level, where if I'm coaching, I'll be praying, saying, God, like whatever lesson there is for me here, teach it to me right now so that I can get this win. I don't want to, I don't want to have to <laughs> learn it 
<laughs> I don't have to learn it here. And sometimes he says, great. And sometimes he's like, now you got to learn it here. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to learn it here. Yeah. So anyway, that's, uh, it's funny. And then I move right out of this. I have a brief break and then I'm in track coaching, which is also funny and all the writing and everything that's going on at the same time. Nice track. The rhythm is different than a 20 game basketball season into postseason. But yeah, so it's, it's much easier, but it's also simpler. Yeah. In, in coaching and helping kids find their maximum effort, you know, find their, yeah. when they finish the race, they know they gave everything that they had. They invested all of it. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's end. what makes those summer Olympics so fun as you just watch. It's such a simple thing. Yep. And uh, the NBA is so ornate now that it's not quite as enjoyable as the <laughs> high school sport. <clears throat> I, I don't know that I'd call it ornate. There's just so many features. Uh, it's just, like maybe barnacled is the word. It's the, the it's, simplicity of the game has been covered over. I would basically, I think of it as like the professional wrestling infusion into basketball. Okay. Sure. And so if you do, I wouldn't call that ornate necessarily. Look at those masks. <laughs> I'll go. Like, okay. Okay. I can, I can see it. <laughs> it's Baroque. The, yeah. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely much. It's a bit much. It's often. too much. Yeah. I think barnacled is probably the best word. Okay. You know, you it's watch, barnacled. It's, it's barnacled. Stephen A. Stephen A. has barnacled over the the NBA. Uh, <laughs> okay. What are we actually talking about with stories now? Let's do uh, it. Yeah. We're talking about comedy. Yeah, we're talking we're talking about comedy, and this is Wade sent me a fun clip from uh, uh, di- John McTiernan, director of Die Hard, where he was talking about comedy, and he basically was saying that he was really careful with Die Hard to make sure that the comedy was never the thing that made fun of the primary action, right? So he had yeah. character, character sketch followed by comedy sketch. And then he was careful in his distinction to make sure that the cops and, you know, the chauffeur are the comedians. And then occasionally Bruce, when it's, you know, when he's making fun of the bad guys. Yeah. And, and I kind of wanted to jump also into that. Also, he makes fun of his own suffering. Sure. Which is an amplification of his heroic his status. virtues, right. And I kind of wanted to ask you about comedy in your fiction versus comedy in real life. And uh, specifically because I feel like, and this could be wrong on my part, but I was struggling to come up with comedic moments in your fiction, but had tons of them from your nonfiction. Okay. And I was, I was curious about that. You struggle to come up with comedy in my fiction, Brian, what is wrong with you? (laughs) <laughs> no, that's the wrong way to put it. I, when I think of your funny moments, Are we, funny we're talking, we're moments. actually, we're not talking about comedy versus tragedy. We're talking about comedy as in like oh, com- sorry. comedic beats, comedic beats. Yeah. Very so, specific comedic so, beats. Okay. So die hard cop eating donuts, right, yeah. going to the scene, that level yeah. Twinkies. Yeah. Twinkies. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Twinkies. Uh, that right there. I didn't feel like you use that tool as much in your non as your, in your fiction as you do in your nonfiction. Nonfiction I has, t- I totally do. All the time, Brian. Okay. So let's, let's go with Lee Pike Ridge. And we have, like, we find Reg. Uh, first, we have Nestor. And we've got yeah. Argus the dog. And then we've got Argus the dog dragging a body around on a little beach. And we have all the weird, <laughs> like, it's this okay. awkward, okay. Yeah. you know, it's like, it's life and death, but the dog's misbehaving and clowning around. Yeah. Um, then we meet Reg. And Reg is uh, wearing a really tight pink t-shirt that says Summer God Girl on it. <laughs> Okay. All right. So there we go. So I'm and just not appreciating. Of, uh, he's living off of albino crawdads and jam, which is yeah, 
You know, that's funny. Like, so and that's yeah, and I play, I play, and he's funny, and Reg is funny the whole time. Okay, maybe he's I just haven't funny read Lee Pike Ridge the whole time. <laughs> and then he has juice box drinks that he's been saving that he found in the water. He's been saving forever. They're called Crazy Berry, but they've been fermenting, and he's been saving them to drink as soon as he gets out. So they have got their sacramental juice box with Crazy Berry on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's you know this undercurrent of of comedy there as well. Um, Jeffrey Veach. Yeah, know, I one remember of the chief, his lips. one of the chief. Yeah, he had, yeah. He had lips like leeches. Yeah. Um, and it's like Veach is, I mean, he's he's funny. Um, and so anyway, there's but there's all the duress and stuff like that. But then we get into 100 covers next up. And then 100 covers. <laughs> I'm getting schooled right it's now. It's <laughs> like we got Frank selling tumbleweed on the internet to Japanese businessmen. Like, come on now. Okay. Um, all right. You know, we've got we've got layers of funny. We've got Anastasia just being funny. She's just constantly. Okay clowning okay and we have henry who's the one who's uptight and timid and not unsure and the Mm -hmm. girls have this rapport and banter going uh that's really funny and then henry finds richard in the cupboard and richard is an absolute punchline okay Um, all right yeah because he's punchlines. whatever edwardian and then later on we move to dandelion fire and so on and we meet the the farron and the fat fairies we got frank fat fairy and we do we're doing all sorts of stuff so i I continue to play with comedy through the whole thing. We go to Ashtown, jump into Ashtown. We have a lot of like brother, sister comedy. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of Cyrus Antigone comedy, but there's also just situational Mm -hmm. stuff. You try to find comedy is in surprise and incongruity, Mm -hmm. like surprise and incongruity. And so even Cyrus filling the swimming pool pool with tires, like him dragging tires and throw them in the pool is it's, it's like this weird whimsical incongruity. And then when you lay that kind of stuff down and Cyrus's cracks and his personality and then Antigone back and then a description of a lot of the characters there, then where they're getting sent. Yeah. Like where they're getting sent down and they get stuck under the, you know, the early 20th century guidelines and are being sent to the basement. Yeah. They're down the polygon and we meet Nolan and it's all this stress and, and tension, but it's perpetually diffused with cracks yeah. Um, and so on. And so I would even say that like when we meet the bubble squids and you suck on and you're having to put a beak of a squid into your mouth and let it latch its tentacles around the back of your head. It's like, okay, this isn't just about creepy. It's not just about creepy because it does do that, but it's also this weird incongruity and the, you know, the clacking, the clacking beak and it's going to breathe oxygen into your mouth. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, but, the the act of it and seeing somebody do it is something that's like whoa it's kind of this whimsical yeah. weird thing yeah. and so it has creep and humor but Big Ben Sterling also humor Horace humor okay I, um, all right all right all right and then all of right, course right. we move through the little uptight port you know the porter <laughs> we've got yeah Dennis we've got all these there's all these things that you have to Lou Allen Douglas you know the yeah. the crippled dive instructor you know, teach them to swim with sharks and, right. And there's, you, you don't, you cannot make it feel real. Yeah. If people aren't being funny, if people aren't being whimsical, mm-hmm. if situations aren't incongruous, because God is constantly in his story, right. Constantly giving you incongruities and weirdness and things that are in the wrong place at the wrong time. And people have quirks. And so if you heighten it all the way to farce, it's not real. But mm-hmm. if you try to strip your comedy out of your storytelling, it's also not real. Yeah. Because 
Do you view comedy in that scene way though, where you're distinguishing? Because it does feel to me that comedy for you has to do with a lot of those details. Comedy has to do with with um, the I think the incongruity the diffusing is diffusing tension. Yeah, uh, I use comedy to try to to try to diffuse tension and also provide connectivity for the audience uh, for the readership. Uh, connectivity and realism simultaneously. Right. Cause I guess it's not just all one emotion that way. It's not just all the intensity. It's also like humans have that full range. Yeah. But people, so if you go to the DMV and there's some woman and she's sitting behind the counter and she's got some issue on her lip or whatever, there's, there's something going on. She's got some bad cold sore that she's trying to pretend like she doesn't have. And you know, it basically has its own personality at this point. <laughs> you know, it could have a, a name. It could have a life story. It's a significant thing. We tend to go as humans and we turn off all our senses and all our, our powers of observation. And we just get through it. And we tell somebody afterwards, like, oh, so uh, DMV, uh, miserable, miserable. When there was all this humor and she's. Just yelling at her coworker and she's sending a busy text and she's answering the phone while chewing gum. And, you know, I think home alone yeah. and you, you think about in home alone, one of the best beats in the entire movie mm-hmm. uh, is having a cop eating a donut while on the phone and having a bite fall out of his mouth and stick, you know, stick okay. to the receiver. Yeah. And then you're and, watching that the whole time. And it's, it's just what, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what happened. It's just, so difficult to do. It's probably, probably was an accident and they just, you know, yeah. it, was, it was amazing, but that stuff is happening all the time. Yeah. Um, and okay. dialogue is happening all the time. I, you know, you hear some 19 year old waitress telling her coworker, she's like, you know, I think I just really connect with Johnny cash. Cause I have such a similar personality. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like you look at her and she's this little zoomer. You know, yeah. who really thinks she has Johnny Cash's personality. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, you only, that's such a hilarious beat. That's such a hilarious little touch. And that happens around us all the time. And we sail through our, our moments in the real world, missing all the comedy, missing all of it. Okay. Let's take one of the, like the key examples they always run to, which is middle of Macbeth. You have the Porter, right? So right after King Duncan yeah. gets murdered, yep. you cut to an absolutely ridiculous scene of him just being funny, right? Yep. A drunken porter uh, opening the door. Um, what, what do you think's going on right there? Like, is that the same sort of thing we're watching? When I, when I look, you know, when I look up or see the quick answers to why is this scene in Macbeth? The answer, right. the answer is always, oh, because it was so intense in the previous scene that Shakespeare wanted to, to, to cut it. And I felt like that does not seem like the right answer to me. Uh, you can cut tension with comedy, but the important thing in storytelling is that every single scene hangs tension that propels you into the next scene. Right. And so you also, if you establish a lot of tension and propulsion, when you hold the audience back with something funny and you actually, you have all this propulsion forward in the narrative and suddenly we've got a drunk porter. There, it, yeah, it actually it's so much better than like, you actually end up with like the, the firework being like, ee, and you're waiting for the explosion and you're just like, and then it kind of goes like me right, stalls right. and then hesitates. And you're like, when's it? Uh, and yeah. then boom. Then like, finally it gets you. Gotcha. So it enables you to 
keep an audience that knows what we're now talking about and knows that they feel this propulsion and you're going forward still on the edge of their seats because they don't know when it's going to hit. So it's like a jump scare or anything else that everybody thinks, oh, it's about to happen. Oh, it didn't happen. Why did, oh, there it is. You know, it's like, mm, right. you know, it's like, it okay. just enables you to uh, take the propulsion and the tension and adjust the timing of it. Now I can also take a bunch of kids who are suddenly like creep, creeped out by something and I can ease the stress and not break the fishing line as I'm pulling them through a story. So if I'm just going to drag them through this intensity, I can pull too hard and too much intensity, too much tension. Yeah. And they piece and, up. and they're like, I, I can't feel yeah. this anymore. And so even if they're still reading, they're just like, I'm no longer in the scene. I'm now on my couch, looking at the fireplace, checked my hot chocolate. I'm existing here. I've lost all connectivity vicariously to this moment out of self-defense. Yeah. Like, so they, out of self-defense, they opt out. And so you can, uh, especially in middle grade and young adult fiction, use comedy to not break the fishing line as you're dragging them through, through the narrative. And so metaphorically speaking, so there's, they're there, they're propelling themselves forward and they reach this moment of like, is this about as much as they can handle for those for whom it's not too much, the comedy prolongs it. And, and they're mm -hmm. like, you know, so it works both looking ways. to go forward. And then for those who it's a bit much, it's like a little breath. Mm. Like, okay. Mm. Okay. And then we can come back around, but you've like, you don't have uh, the jump scare didn't land yeah. in the same way. So there's a way for you to mitigate the jump scare, to mitigate the creepiness and the tension to kind of soften it with comedy. But there's also ways for you to prolong it and extend it with yeah. comedy. So the ultimate thing is each scene has to be propulsive to the next scene. Yeah. Everything has to have like plot relevance, logical relevance and propulsion for the reader in the reader's experience or the, you know, the viewer's experience, they're being driven forward. And when you earn a lot of velocity forward with one scene, you can kind of reset. You'll see people do this in shows and movies a lot where they, they don't go to comedy. They go to calm yeah, and they kind of start at a slower pace and then build up the next scene so if you have i'm watching masters of the air right now uh with my kids on apple and if you have a scene of absolute you know airplanes getting shot and people dying everything chaotic and then you cut you don't cut to an exact scene that's just like it right you cut to somebody sitting in the fog back at the airstrip checking their watch silence you know it's like and it just and then he goes and he speaks to somebody and, and you sort of slowly ramp that scene up right? because you have so much forward momentum with mm -hmm. the last scene in terms of the viewer's experience that you can coast. And so you actually, they're going to keep watching. They're, they're still here. You know, they're, right. they're going right. to kind of coast and then, the, and then you let them glide for a little bit and then you ramp it back up. Um, and, or you let them glide for a second and then you cut right back into the psychotrauma. Right. You know, the really traumatic thing. So all of this, whether it's comedy, whether it's rest, um, anything like that, the tempo, the cadence, the percussion of scene to scene action, and also the percussion of stress and laughter. Yeah. Like those things are really important. And I think we all know that stress and laughter are not opposites. Like stress and yeah. laughter are immediately adjacent. Right. So laughter is so often connected to surprise, which is connected to incongruity, right. which is connected to just generally on a general, general unexpectedness. 
moments of tension into moments of comedy are they remain emotionally unexpected. Yeah. So take take you reading Orthodoxy with the squirrel yeah. pooping on the page. One of yeah. your scenes that's like this is one of my favorite life scenes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just a just what well, feels to me like, hey, the point of this scene is the humor. But I guess you're saying it's not like the, the humor is showing you the perspective that you've been trying to make all the way through about is, yeah. that, is that in death by living or no the humor it? reinforces it. Okay. So it's never just a one, a scene that's about being funny is not a funny scene. Usually. A scene that's, it's all about its own self. Yeah. It cannot be all about its own self. It has to be about the whole. Right. Okay. And it's, and the humor there needs to be the right thing. Yeah. So it's got to be the, the fruit to the cheese where it's like, this is the right apple with this cougar gold, super sharp <laughs> cheddar cheese. This is a honey crisp apple. Yeah, yeah. And they are totally in, you know, total incongruity between them. Right. Yeah. But not at all. They actually, those you're thinking about the whole. So you put them next to each other. Go right. back to food. Finally, stories are soul food. We did it. You put it, you put them right next to each other and they, they feed each other really, really well. And okay. those, those flavors turn the whole experience instead of just eat the apple all by itself, just eat the cheese by itself. Now we've talked about how it feels like Marvel movies can't do this anymore where they are. They're super earnest. Yeah. Or the opposite nonstop bathos. Not yeah, nonstop irreverence where where it's just, yeah. Constantly making fun of itself. Is that losing sight of what your fundamental, your characters are fundamentally about or your, what your story's about? And then, or what is the problem? I think you're just losing the conviction. You're losing uh, your own belief in the world, your own belief in what you're, what you're selling. Okay. So you're constantly doubting that what you're telling is worth it. So you're cutting it with you yeah. know, just that same yep. bit of. So if you think about the very, very first Avengers, one of the best things about that was Iron Man standing around making fun of people. Mm-hmm. And he made fun of things before any viewer could and stole that thunder and diffused it. And the humor was useful in that it kept the conviction of the world. And you didn't actually lose viewers because of Thor. You had Iron Man there to make fun of Thor for you. Right. You know, with his doth mother, no, you wear the drapes. <laughs> um, you know, that, right. that, kind of, right. that kind of thing. And those lines... And that those quips and that patter was so helpful because they were trying to sell for the such first a time. Big thing. They were trying to sell such a massive suspension of disbelief with that first Avengers movie. Sure. Okay. And the humor and the quipping and all that stuff really helped them sell it and hold the audience and have the audience not check out because this is really dumb. Yeah. They were blending Thor plus Iron Man plus, plus everybody. For Hulk, the, yeah. yeah. So they're yeah. doing all that and you have um, the humor was essential and Joss Whedon did an amazing job using it to sell the whole. Now it's, it's just kind of, it's just weird. It's played out. That's what it's, I wonder. Is it it's just, like are seeing, we ready for it? It's like watching a, a mashup of just, just all just Jim Gaffigan's like fat jokes from all his different shows, just put into one thing. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, okay, dude, I get it. Right, right, <laughs> like, right, right. Could you, could you tell me something else now? Okay. It's like, it's, it's, it's just looking for these micro beats. And I think this is more and more because the creators and a lot of the people they're trying to reach are just the social media generation, the TikTok reels. They need all these micro, uh, micro servings 
just constantly little micro serving. So it's more like you're swiping through uh, a really long series of Avenger reels. And each one needs to have, and each one has to have its own little reel hook rather than um, having them all contribute to the whole, the same way. What a terrible, what a terrible way to do entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) I guess why this podcast. Oh, despair. (laughs) The black pill from today's episode. But But let's go ahead and say, are we really sad that Marvel's failing? Well, it's played I, out. I mean, no one cares, right? I mean, people still care. They're still funding, but yeah. it's definitely down. Yeah. But I would like to say, formally and officially, that I was completely wrong with how long it would last because I was over it after <laughs> the you know the first one. I could barely, I could barely do. I never did finish the Avengers series. I was just like, oh my gosh, I cannot. I mean, can anyone remember if they finished their Avengers series? No. That's the more well, People constantly refer to the different sequels and they refer to it by subtitle. And I was like, I don't know. When you said the Avengers movie, I thought you meant Iron Man number one. And I realized now, oh, yeah. Oh, Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. Avengers one. No, Avengers one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I found the Iron Man movies funny. Yeah. You know, I was like, okay. Yeah. And then Avengers, I was like, I do not believe in this concept at all. This is really terrible. This is stupid. And I went and watched it and was like, wow. He's a real Rumpelstiltskin. Um, Joss Whedon. Gold out of straw. Joss Whedon, yeah. <laughs> Joss Whedon spun a bunch of gold out of straw and did a great job. And, I, and then the next one came and I was like, oh. mm. and I thought, America will tire. America will turn its and back. And lo, America. And lo, America did not. <laughs> and lo, she did not tire. <laughs> she, Lady Liberty watched and watched and watched some more. And I could not deal. Oh, so okay. I've been checked out of the Marvel world for a long time. And yeah. when you meet people and you're in the industry and it's like, these are the people who did civil war. These are the people who did winter soldier. And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't care. Now, which <laughs> like, one was that again? <clears throat> but have you ever done anything good? Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch that. Yeah. Sadly, I think I did watch winter soldier and it was not good. But I remember it as a distinct work of art. So maybe that's success unto itself. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I'm yeah. sure I watched it. I but there afraid. are people who try to serve their, their chocolate chip cookie is just a little pile of chocolate chips. Right. That's the, that's, non, that's the nonstop joke. Yeah. Yeah. So there, so there we go. Yeah. That's comedy. Were we supposed to talk about any movie specifically? This time we, we are all flaggy about it for next time. Should we time. talk about Chariots of Fire or Shawshank or just like lay one behind us? What time is it? We're it's out of time. 46 minutes. Say, I think we're out. Everybody should watch it. If you have questions, send them in. Watch Chariots of Fire. Yeah. Send the it. questions in. Uh, watch Shawshank. If you're, if you're grownups, check, yeah, check the content, check your filters. Watch Shawshank just because it's a really, really effective and powerful catharsis. And, I, and you've created a new category. This is not a lamp. This is just... No, they, these just, are just, just things to send in questions to watch. Yeah. We still, we can talk about Boys in the Boat when it hits yeah. home streaming. Yep. We'll talk about the book and the, and the film. Um, Masters of the Air, I enjoy watching just because the connectivity to what my own grandfather was going through. Uh, great Apple series right now. And also filters. Filters mm-hmm. are available. But we, do we need to stop saying that now? Do we need to never reference filters nope. again? Still getting questions about it. So really, people yeah. still are like people how are c- like, how do you filter? 
So don't stop saying filter. T- filter. <laughs> take take authority over the content you put in front of your family. Like take authority over it. That does not mean remove all naughty bits. Right. And at some point we should just have an entire episode talking about the principles of filtration. Yeah. And and cuss counting, the kind of cuss counting that that Christians tend to do. I uh Showed my two oldest episode one of Band of Brothers and forgetting how. Oh, wow. You're such a failure. <laughs> forgetting how much is Brian, in that one. <laughs> what is wrong with you? How could you not know that? <laughs> I know. I just remembered it as great. So I thought this is the perfect place to uh, flag my failures. And I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Why are these gentlemen talking like Marines? <laughs> yes. And that that is actually the conversation that I got to have instead of talking about how great the story was. But the story was great. So why are they talking like yeah. very bad people? Yep. Father. Yep. Oh, well done, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well know, done. Let it never be said we're not honest about our failures. I there guess. are filters available for that, you know. I know. Yeah. Next next episode we'll be doing filters. <laughs> oh boy. Well, that's a great place to end. Yeah. I would also like to say maybe this hiatus just helped us avoid all the layman's rob questions I was expecting that we didn't really get. I didn't have a single person. I th- I think the uh, I think that's a sign that we hit the ship below the water hole and it's at the bottom. <laughs> I think it's a sign maybe that all the people who really would passionately disagree about that are not uh, on episode one forty two. Basically, already <laughs> know that they don't like us. They can't stand us, and they left a long time ago. Right. So that that might. So be if you're still listening, yeah. Okay. Um, that's the I end of episode one forty two. I guess we're out, and hopefully we'll do another one next week. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Do you know when Boys of the Boat releases? I don't. Streaming? I'll check. Okay, we'll check. We'll talk about it then. Yeah. Peace. All right, I got two things for you. The second thing is that I'm going to show you our new Canon Plus video right after I get out of the way. Uh, If you're on audio, then you can listen to the script or view it on our YouTube. And then the first thing is that now through the end of December, you can get a year of Canon Plus and gift it to a friend or an enemy or a family member or both uh, for $59.99 instead of paying $95.88, which is more. You can do that by going to canonpress.com and clicking on the gift Canon Plus button. But you gotta go now, 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 or actually right after you watch this video. Enjoy. Hey, Christian Dad. Are you paying a monthly fee to let Hollywood producers pump their septic tanks directly into your living room? Even worse, directly into your imagination and the imaginations of your children. How much darkness streams into your home every day, every week? Have you gotten too used to turning your mind off when you put your feet up? Have you invited your own enemies into your home? How much damage has already been done to you and to your family? My heart says that the way I feel most myself is to go by the name Fred. That's because I'm non-binary. Canon Plus is building a global platform with one simple goal, to create and deliver great content that will help Christian families grow stronger and more dangerous in the world. Content that will kick your brain's butt and help you bear down and step up. Content that will encourage, equip, educate, challenge, and inspire your family. Content built on the bedrock of real truth, real goodness, not fake trendy virtues. How dare you! And real lasting beauty. Your family might already be struggling, 
Maybe the man of the house has been sipping too much Bud Light gospel in the basement for too long. It's day six of girlhood. But it's not too late. With thousands of audiobooks, podcasts, truth-telling documentaries, and curriculum for all ages, Canon Plus wants to help you grow stronger together with your family. There might be enemies at the gates, but there's a feast on the table to strengthen you for the fight. We want the resources we produce to help you do the real work of cultural change, becoming a lighthouse in your own community, armed with courageous joy and a faith that burns hot and bright, especially when the world would rather keep you on a cute little dimmer switch. We don't have to wallow in the world's filth. Moonlight, best picture. You ugly. We don't need to let our strength atrophy like numbed victims of some ungodly matrix leaving our families unprotected and vulnerable. It's time for Christian fathers to stop being such cultural cuckolds, well-behaved wonderbread winners sitting by and paying for the world to assault their families with lies. Let's get strong and grow our families strong. Let's raise our kids to be the world's worst nightmares. Smart, secure, fearless, joyful, difficult to control, and quick to laugh at lies and nonsense. <laughs> We're pushing back against the rising tide of sewage on our screens. We're pumping out antidotes to the world's poisons, but we can't do it alone. We need allies. You need allies. So consider this your invitation to join up and make things a little awkward for all our weaker brethren in church leadership. It's not that we're against anything. Who so badly want to be worldly cool kids. Help us build a streaming platform unlike any other. A platform that will challenge and strengthen Christians, mind, body, and soul, until this cultural tide begins to turn. She's dreaming about becoming the leader she knows she can be. And yes, this tide will turn. This ain't the Alamo. We're all gonna die, but we have no intention of losing. <sighs> Canon Plus. You don't have to subscribe.